0: So like you mentioned before, you were born in um, England, Great Britain. Are your parents British? And if so, what made them move to Australia with you?
1: And how old were you when you moved? So my parents are both um, British. My whole family is over there. And yeah, I was born there. And when I was about two years old, they decided to move over here. They just thought it would be a nice place to bring um, me up. And they were also, my dad was um, a police officer at the time, so they Australia were looking for English um, police officers so firstly we had to go to New Zealand and stay there for a year and then we got citizenship over in Australia so yeah it was really good. Um, and you started at a swimming club when you were about six or seven if I'm getting that right? Yeah so I kind of started doing I obviously did lessons when I was a baby And then my mum is, well, was a swimming instructor. So I kind of joined in with her lessons when I was um, six years old. And I was, I'm a really competitive person. So I did some racing and absolutely loved it. And yeah, I haven't stopped since.
0: Um, And when you were younger, apart from swimming a lot, what kind of girl were you like?
1: What were your hobbies and what was your personality like? Um, So I was very crazy and very active. So I played netball, touch football. I did dancing. I did a bit of cross country at school and athletics I did high jump for a while yeah I was always doing something on top of um swimming but other than sport I just always loved hanging out with my friends and going to the beach yeah I guess it's good to try a bit of everything yes no I had a lot of fun when I
0: was little (laughs) and I guess you were obviously a bit different to maybe some of the other kids at school which I imagine can have its challenging moments
1: Yeah, definitely. So I did get a little bit bullied when I was in primary school, obviously because of my hand, but I think through sport, I became a little bit more accepted and they didn't just see me as the girl in their class with one hand. They kind of saw me, oh, as Kira, she's a really good athlete, like she's a really good swimmer and they kind of, and like netballer, so being in teams like netball and touch football kind of brought me together with people and they saw me for more than like my hand, so that definitely gave me a lot more friends and confidence. So that was really good.
0: Um uh, and what was your um I guess own attitude to your disability during those days?
1: Um, I think I got a little bit down when I was younger, but it didn't bother me too much. I have very good parents and they kind of helped me sort it out at school and spoke to who they needed to speak to and just reminded me like it doesn't matter. I can't control like my hand or anything and just don't worry about it, I am who I am and I can prove to people other ways what I'm capable of. And who were your role models and like idols when you were young? Um, Liesl Jones, another breaststroker. I loved her and Laura Geitz, um, the yeah. netball player. I loved her as well. Yeah,
0: um, and speaking of netball, you were a really good netballer as well. How far did you get in playing it until you decided to just kind of take over with swimming?
1: So I made the Y Bay team to go to the state championships. And then if you could get selected from the state champs to go to the Queensland team. So I made the possibles and probables for the tryouts. I think I was in the last top twelve. Unfortunately, I didn't make it, but it was still a really good experience. And I kept going until I was about 15. And then I qualified for the world champs team and I decided risk of injury and how sore i would get after a netball game and being a breaststroker my knees just weren't coping so i decided um to focus on my swimming and see where that could take me
0: yeah and how did you kind of juggle both sports in that time before you decided
1: that you wanted to um do swimming so netball we only trained one afternoon a week so it was pretty casual and then i would just play a game on saturday So I could kind of fit that in and then touch football, I would play a Tuesday night. So normally I would swim beforehand, but being young, having so I always had so much energy, so I didn't mind and I loved it. So it was pretty good. And then I would do my homework late, late at night, which was crazy. I was tired, but as I said, like I loved it. So it didn't really matter to me.
0: You were first um, selected onto the national swim team when you were just fifteen. Um,
1: do you remember what that moment was like? Oh, it was really exciting. I was like, oh, my gosh, Like, hopefully I could go to the Paralympics one day. And I remember getting the email and I was so nervous because I had to go on a few camps before I made the actual big senior team when I was 12, and I used to get really homesick. So that was something I had to work on, being away from home. But, yeah, it was really exciting, and I knew that's what I wanted. So I had to go ahead and make sacrifices like being away from home. So, yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah. Um, and you were picked in that team with Paralympic
1: superstars like Ellie Cole and Brendan Hall. What did you learn from guys like that? Oh, they're so amazing. I love both of them. They taught me so much. And if I ever needed a chat or someone to go and talk to, they would always be there for me. And just the way they train and hold themselves around pool deck. And even when they're doing interviews, I always listened in and I thought, wow, like I really want to be like that one day. And yeah, they they just have so much you can learn off from them and they've done it all and they've got the experience as well, which is really helpful.
0: Yeah. I've actually interviewed Ellie for an upcoming issue. Can you tell me a bit about the impact you think she's had um, on the para swimming team and also just the sport in
1: general? Oh, Ellie's been amazing. She's grown para sport. Um, just, oh no worse for her. I was on the, um, relay team with her in Tokyo and just the way she supports everyone. She's always there for you. If you need like a chat, um, being on the podium with her and I was a little bit nervous and she kind of squeezed my hand. She's like, it's all right, like, you're gonna be fine. And for my race, when I was nervous, you just, she taps you in the back and she's like, it's all right, I'm here. And you kind of just feel safe around her and knowing that she's going to be there for you and help you. But and yeah, she's really grown the sport and done amazing things. I have like really hope to be like her one day. Yeah.
0: Um, and the first time you swam for Australia, it was probably the 2018 Pan Pacific Games in Cairns um, where you won a silver medal. I guess you probably had a lot of family and friends there. What do you remember um, about that?
1: Yeah, so my mum, my dad and my little sister came to Cairns to watch me. And obviously being at home, in queensland we had a lot of australian support behind us so walking out for my first international team i f- felt so much more comfortable and excited and it was so nice to hear the crowd cheer and be behind me so touching the wall and seeing i got silver i looked up at my parents and they were so happy and yeah that's probably the moment i remember and you swim in a
0: few different events including the medley which means you have to be really good at swimming four different um swimming strokes Why didn't you just kind of, I guess, focus on one and make your life a bit easier?
1: Well, I did. I focused on breaststroke for a very long time and I would not do butterfly. And I I didn't mind backstroke, but I wasn't a massive fan of it. But um, Commonwealth Games was coming up and they released the events for my classification and it was 200 IM. So I was like, oh, no, like, what am I going to do? I really want to go to a Commonwealth Games. So I decided for a year and a half to just try and incorporate a little bit more fly and backstroke into my training. If Even if it wasn't a lot, just a little bit each session to help me. And I'm still not great at fly or backstroke, but it's kind of coming along. And I'm very lucky I have a strong breaststroke leg. So that kind of helps me catch up a little bit and push myself ahead. Yeah. So yeah, very tough event, but I'm kind of having fun with that at the moment, which is good.
0: And at the last Para World Championships, you only, um, I think, just missed a medal in the 100 meter breaststroke, but then you were able to win bronze in the same event at last year's
1: Paralympics. When I just missed out on that medal, I was gutted. I was only 16, so my first proper international competition, I'd call it the World Champs. Yeah, I was really upset, um, and I think I probably didn't train leading up as hard as I could have, being at school and everything, I didn't really focus on it that much and I'd only just quit netball. So I, when I didn't win that medal, I kind of said to myself, okay, I'm not going to put myself in that position going to Tokyo. I'm going to focus really hard, train really hard and make sure I can do everything I can to get on the medal dice. And I had a lot of people telling me at Worlds, oh, you're definitely going to get a medal. You're definitely going to get a medal. So in my head, I was kind of so focused on the medal but not what I needed to do to get it which now I kind of sit back and I think, okay, this is what I need to do to get it. This is how hard I need to work to get it. So instead of focusing on the medal, I focus on what I need to do to get it, which is, I think is really helpful for me.
0: Oh, and just going
1: back to the Paralympics, that must have been a dream come true, um, not to only just make the team, but also to stand on the podium at just 18 years of age. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Um, I took a little mental screenshot in my mind when I was on the podium. And I always think back to that in hard training sessions, I think how amazing it was to stand on there and how special and proud I felt and how I really want to experience that again. So, yeah, that's definitely some motivation for my training, but it was just amazing um, hearing my name, getting called out and the Australian team cheering for me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, unfortunately,
0: no family or friends were able to be there. Do you remember the phone call um, back home to your
1: parents after you won that medal? Oh yeah, I FaceTimed my mum as soon as I got my medal and um, I think it actually played in Australia 15 minutes after I had won the race. So my parents were kind of, well not won the race, Um, swam my race and my parents were kind of freaking out. So they turned their phones off and just watched my race and I was like trying to call my mum like straight after I swam and then freaking out because I had to go to medals and she wasn't answering and I didn't know why but just because she was watching my race. And my parents actually filmed their reaction to watching my race. So that's really special for me to have and see. But yeah, when I called my family, they were super excited and yeah, really proud, which was lovely. Yeah, so it's just fun to
0: a bit and you were like trying to tell them, but...
1: Yeah, and um, my friend was trying to FaceTime my mom so she could watch the ceremony in person just so it'd be a bit special, but she wasn't answering, but that's fine. <laughs>
0: And the Australian Paralympic team has recently um, judged the country's favourite team, having a huge um, emotional connection um, with Australians as well as trust, pride and respect. What does it mean for you being part of the team that Australia all loves so much?
1: Oh, it's amazing and it makes you feel so good inside. I'm really proud of our Paralympic team. Um, We call it our team, our family, and we definitely are a family. So to be a part of that and to be able to know that we showed everyone the love and the kindness that we have and really connect with people um it's really really special and I think it will be great and it's definitely great for the Paralympic movement um moving forward so yeah it's super exciting there is so much love for you guys what would you love to see happen um next to build the popularity for Tokyo oh from, Tokyo. <laughs> oh, from Tokyo um I think just more people watching Paralympic sport and The more um, events and inclusions that we can get, I think Commonwealth Games will be really good as we're included in that. And more people will obviously be watching the Commonwealth Games and they might not have seen para-athletes compete before. So they might see it and they might think, oh my gosh, like that's really cool. I want to watch that. So leading on to Paris, they can get super excited for the Paralympics. And yeah, definitely for them to see a different side that they might not have seen before. And apart from swimming, what do you hope to achieve? I'm kind of not really exactly sure what I want to do at the moment. I'm really enjoying my swimming. So I am focusing all my time on that, my gym and recovery at the moment. Um, but I definitely do want to start studying soon. I really like fashion. So maybe thinking something, um, in the fashion world, but yeah, I think I might see where swimming takes me for a little bit and then see maybe if there's media opportunities or something else that, um, I might really like what do you hope Paris sport looks like in ten years time um I hope it's as big as the Olympics and I think it's definitely growing and obviously like I said a lot more people um are enjoying it and the fact that we were the most loved team is a really good start and really exciting and we did get um medal bonuses like the Olympians got um this year in Tokyo so that was um a massive thing for us and equality and just getting treated the same as able-bodders and the Olympians. I hope that continues to grow and I'm sure it will and I just hope more and more people love um, Paralympic sport and Paralympic movement.